We are wanting you to know God personally. Really know Him. I just know about Him. I just know who He is. I know the name of. But actually know God personally. This, this is a series that's actually, it's, it's a series based on theology. Y'all know what theology means? The study of God. It's a study of God that you can get a degree in college for. You can read tons of books about it. But you also can know him personally. What's been written about for ages, you can know this God personally. And people sit around and think deeply about and you can get degrees about. You can know him personally. He's not just a subject. He is someone. And that is what we want to do is help you have this, like, Understand God more so that you can know Him personally. I've heard it said, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So, what do you think about God? That's the most important thing about you. What do you think about God? What is He like? What image comes to people's minds when they think about God? There are a lot of images out there. Might be an image kind of like this. Strong, powerful, maybe a little bit angry, can throw lightning bolts and strike people, smite them dead in their tracks if they get on his bad side. Or might be more like this. Someone who is pulling strings from behind the scenes and controlling the whole family. I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> um, rewarding people who are on his good side, you know, who are faithful to him, but also knocking off people who are his enemies, who do him wrong, who turn their back on him. Or maybe it's more like <laughs> Thanos, someone who is has this big ideal of the way the universe should be, and he is going to at all costs, control the outcome of what's going to happen in the universe, even willing to say, these, are, these people are expendable. So I have to just do what? Snap my gauntlet fingers, and half of the people in the world or universe will just be obliterated, disappear. Spoiler alert, by the way. Sorry if you haven't. It's his way or else. Or maybe it's the big man upstairs, just the, the real peaceful guy. He's just some big guy up there. He's surely got a white beard and he's wearing a robe always. I don't, I don't know why, but he's really, really old. He's been around a long time. So whatever you think he might be like, uh, whatever people might think, frankly, we're all wrong. <laughs> we're all wrong. There's no image that we could put up here on the screen of what... God is like. You know why? Because God is actually a spiritual being. So he doesn't have hands, though metaphorically in scripture you read about him extending his arm. He, he doesn't have human feelings, although he does love and there is joy in him. But he's bigger than all that because he created all that. What we learned last week in this first message in this series is God's name is actually Yahweh. Yahweh means he is or he will be. Because I can't say 
God's name is I will be because I'm not him. So God is more powerful. Our The spiritual being we know as our, the, the most high above all others is, he's got a name, Yahweh. I will be. He's been around forever. He will be forever. You can't have two of those. You know why? Because they'd just be fighting all the time and eventually one of them is going to destroy the others. You can't have two most powerful. And so there's one and Yahweh is his name. He created. He is transcendent. It's a big word. It just means above everything else. He's above time. You can't put him on the clock and say, why aren't you doing it on my time? Because he made up time. You can't say, where are you, God? Or, God, I just want you to be here because, I mean, you can't say that, but he already is. He is everywhere. He is not confined by our nature because he created every bit of that. He is so other than we are, we cannot really fathom what he's like. So we're just getting to know him better. And we said last week, God makes himself known to us. He's already done that. He wants us to know him. He does desire that. So, where you might think, well, that's impossible because he's so high, he's transcendent, he's big, he's supreme, he's so far away. He's not even physical. I can't touch him. I wish I could just hug him or see what he looks like or ask him some questions, but he's just so much bigger than that. So, when I think of that big of a God, it strikes fear in me because he is so holy, perfect, flawless, knows everything, that if I came face to face with that God, with Yahweh, I would be struck with fear and tremble. And probably if you came face to face with God, you couldn't, you couldn't laugh. I'd say probably you couldn't laugh. We would, we'd die. And so fear is an appropriate response to someone who is as big and strong and powerful as Yahweh is. It is right to have fear of someone that powerful. But God knew that, and he wants something different. He knows his own nature. He knows himself, but he wants something different. And so tonight, we're going to focus on a relationship, a dynamic with God, his incredible plan to change that relationship. God decided in advance. To adopt us, excuse me, oh, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. That's from Ephesians 1, verse 5. God decided in advance. God knows everything. He's not confined by time, but way before we were here, way before Jesus came on the scene, he already knew. He wanted a family. He wanted to have people he could express his limitless amount of love to. And so he didn't have to. He chose to make people in advance. And then he would adopt them into his own family. Brought us to himself. Y'all hear closeness? You hear, <clears throat> that's not distance. That's not, he's so other. That, it is true that he's so other than, transcendent, but brought us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what we, he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. I love that phrase. Can you just imagine God like getting giddy about you? 
God getting excited about you coming on the scene, God getting excited about spending time with you and knowing you, any of your parents would know what this feels like. It, they know what it's like to have great pleasure of someone they get to meet who's coming into the world is going to be their own and know them personally and have a relationship with them. In Galatians 4 we read, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, meaning the very place he created, he had to obey the rules in that place, even though he was so far above them. He chose to be subject to the very laws. He, he obeyed gravity. He obeyed, you know, the sun rises and sets, and he had to do all the things <coughs> you do in a human body. God sent him, Jesus, to buy freedom for us when we were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. He knows that we don't belong in his family because we rebel. We are sinful. We sometimes disown him. We act like he doesn't exist or he doesn't matter to us. He knows that we don't belong in his family on our own, so he figured out a way, he knew a way, decided in advance, a way to adopt us as his very own children. And you know what? Adoption is actually the very highest privilege that a person could have. Adoption by God. We might think, well, isn't being saved from your sins, forgiven of your sins? Like, you know what your sins are. Isn't that the most important thing? I would say it is absolutely important. And that's kind of the starting point to say, God, I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. You're holy. I'm not. So I want to be right with you. That is the first step. But the most important step is that we get to come into his family. We get to be his, be in a close relationship. It's, if all he did was forgive us of our sins, what a reward, what a gift that would be. But we wouldn't have the benefit of the closeness with him. And so we read John 1, 12, but to all who believed Jesus and accepted Jesus, he gave the right to become children of Yahweh, this personal God. He gave the right to become children of God because Jesus came to this earth. Jesus came from God, came to this earth. And anyone, I mean, it's understandable why people would not believe in him. It's understandable. To say, to come on earth and claim that you're God, that's hard to believe. To accept that someone else is going to be Lord of your life and you have to drop everything to follow him, that's hard to get your mind wrapped around. I understand why people struggle with that. But when we think of the benefit of a, becoming a child of Yahweh, God, Creator, you, it, it's worth it. We realize it's worth it. And this is what he, how he made it possible by Jesus coming. Go back to Galatians 4. Because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son. His son is no longer on this earth. His physical son left this earth to go be with the father. So he sent the spirit, the presence. We will talk more about the spirit in November. Very excited for you to get to know the spirit more. The spirit, spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Now, Abba is probably not a name you've ever called your dad. Maybe it is. But it's just an endearing term like it's more like, 
you call your dad dad or daddy or papa or pops or old man or whatever you call your dad, Abba, Father, it's that intimacy, it's that thing that like only you get to call him if you actually are in his family. We get to call out Abba, Father, because the spirit of Jesus Christ, the one who came to make it possible for us to come into his family, who bridged the gap between us sinful unworthy people with this holy God Jesus bridged the gap and said if you can believe that then I will send my spirit to be with you and you get to be a child of God and you get to call God daddy Yahweh dad you get to have an intimacy with him that is what what comes between you and a father there is a privilege a uh, a right an open door to come into his presence. And so really, dad or Abba or father is actually the Christian name for Yahweh. So you might think, wasn't God father of everyone? Well, he did create everyone. So in the sense that someone who created or brought into being is the father of that, maybe so, like the father of our nation, but only people who choose to believe and accept Jesus are given the rights, the privileges that come with getting to call him dad. I've heard it said, or I read, excuse me, that the sum of the whole New Testament, the whole purpose of the New Testament, teaching about Jesus and what happened after him, is that we can know Yahweh as our holy father. That's the whole point. You want to know what's the point of this? To know Yahweh, the great big God, as the intimate Father. And so, what would that be like? It's a new relationship. You can walk into your own house that your parents have brought you into with freedom, with, with confidence. You can approach your dad, your mom, you can approach your family and say, I have a request. I I need something. Will you help me? You're no longer a slave. I say no longer. You're not a slave in that home. You may have responsibilities and chores and discipline because good parents discipline those they love. They don't let them just get away with whatever. They discipline them, help train them to do the right thing and be the right way. And that's what God is like. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir heir. Uh, you get the inheritance. Whatever he has, the good things that come from him, the, the benefits of knowing God are yours if you are his child. And this is how God feels about us. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. He loves us. I hesitate even bringing into this conversation that I am a dad. I hesitate doing that because I wouldn't dare want to give the impression that I think if you want to know what God's like, then just look at a dad. Because that's not, that's not the case. But I will tell you I've learned more about God from being a dad. And I will tell you, just like your families, I would lay down my life for my children. When it, when it, that last verse says, the father loves us. I know what the love of a father is to his child. 
to look forward to, to long, to want to be with, to sacrifice myself, to put my needs aside for my children. I learned all that from God. So if you have a great father and a great mother, you have great people who are taking care of you, then you know God better. You're getting to see the image of God more, and he reflects them more. Oh, excuse me. They reflect him more, Yahweh more. But if you don't have a great situation in your home, if you don't have a great relationship with your father, mother, if you maybe don't even know who your father, your earthly father is, then this is even more reason for you to come to know Abba, Dad, Father. He won't be able to throw baseball with you, that's true. He won't be able to be there to walk you down the aisle um, physically, that's true. But this is someone who, like you want any earthly father to do, to promise to always be there, and he actually is. To never abandon you, and he never will. To never take advantage of you or abuse you or use you for his own good, he never does. And he's proven that through Jesus Christ. And he wants every one of you to be his child. In small group, you'll get a few minutes to talk about that and say, what is your relationship with Yahweh like? Is it a father, a child-to-father relationship? And you may not have been adopted in his family yet because you haven't accepted Jesus as the way to get back to the Father. And so you're still separated and fearful of God. I want you to know God as Dad. That's what we want for you. That's what small group leaders are going to pray for you and invest time in you and answer questions. It's okay if you don't know Him that way yet. But I encourage you to ask Him, to get to know Him that way. He is good. And He's powerful. But He is he's good.